The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry Part Two. Now there were two possessions by the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took a mighty pride. One was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's. The other was Della's hair. Had the Queen of Sheba lived in the flat across the air shaft, Della would have let her hair hung out of the window some day to dry just to depreciate Her Majesty jewels and gifts. Had King Solomon been the janitor with all his treasures piled up in the basement, Jim would have pulled out his watch every time he passed just to see him pluck at his beard from envy. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. It reached below her knee and made itself almost a garment for her. And then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once she faltered for a minute and stood still while a tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown jacket, on went her old brown hat with a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she cluttered out of the door and down the stairs to the street. Where she stopped, the sign read, Men so friendly, hair goods of all kinds. One ate up Della Run and collected herself penny. Madame Large, too white, chilly, hardly looked the Sofrani. Will you buy my hair? asked Della. I buy hair, said Madame. Take your hat off and let's have a sight at the looks of it. Down rippled the brown cascade. Twenty dollars, said Madame, lifting the mass with a practiced hand. Give it to me quick, said Della. Oh, and the next two hours, trip it by on rose wings, forget the hashed metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the stores, and she had turned all of them inside out. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by meretricious ornamentation. As all good things should do, it was even worthy of the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that it must be Jim's. It was like him. 
quietness and value. The description applied to both. $21 they took from her for it. And she hurried home with the 78 cents. With that chain on his watch, Jean might be properly anxious about the time in any company. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly on account of the old leather strap that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached home, her intoxication gave away a little to prudence and reason. She got out her curling irons and lightened the gas and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love, which is always a tremendous task, dear friends, a marmoth task. Within 40 minutes, her head was covered with a tiny clothesline curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully, and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he takes a second look at me, he will say I look like a Coney Island quarrels girl, but what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and eighty-seven cents?